Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another Stabby Snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, since it's a stabby and it's a me stabby, we will be doing another Papa Joe time. More Papa Joe time. (laughs) Yes, we are going to be doing another Homicide Hunter with Joe Kenda. And this one is, it's season one, episode four, and it's called Everybody Lies. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. I love these titles. Sorry. I know. (laughs) I would would love to work freelance Mm. for like one of these shows just to come up with titles oh my god you'd be the best at that i support this they could just send me the footage and then i would come up with a name and send it back (laughs) i could do that for like a bunch of them heck yeah yeah people that we know at networks hln (laughs) looking at you bud wink wink (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great but this one is going to take us back to the late it's going to take us to late november of 1994 and again, because Joe Kenda or Papa Joe, as he's called. Oh, if you're new here, I'm recounting the show Homicide Hunter. Yes. And Papa Joe is Joe Kenda. He mm-hmm. is one. Of, he's a very famous investigator. He has like over 400 solved murder cases under his belt. Or at least yeah. this was in 2011 when he started the show. So, yeah. So late November 1994 in Palmer Park, which is a wilderness park in Colorado Springs because this all so far all of these take place in Colorado Springs because this is where he lived. Yeah, that's where he did he work anywhere else? Do you know? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm, I'm on the journey with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I I like I can't remember with him, but I feel like I eventually think he becomes a cons- he becomes a consultant and so he like works yeah. cases other places but I don't think But like during his well. like regular career he was just with Colorado Springs type of shit. Yeah. yeah. That's why And I I'm just going to say there's a lot of murders in Colorado Springs. I know it's fucking How nuts. you made it out alive, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm glad I did. <laughs> very very glad. <laughs> but like there's a lot. Did you ever go to Palmer Wilderness Park? Um maybe. It's okay. It's, I don't know. It looked, it looked beautiful if it's that they actually shot at the park. A lot of square acreage. They've got like walking trails, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I have, anyway. I, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Possibly. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so there were two friends who were out for like a jog 
And they were jogging along the trail and they get to this area that's like right before like this picnic-y area. And they come across a man who they describe to be about 300 pounds lying on the trail, like face down or just like Mm -hmm. laying there. And they were like, oh, my God. They assumed this man had had a heart attack. So they like, you know, it's the 90s. They have to like go somewhere to call the call 911. So they go do that. The police come. And they, like, look at the guy, and there's obvious signs of blunt force trauma. Mm -hmm. So he's been bludgeoned to death. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, early afternoon at this point, and they realize that the killer had struck this man multiple times. There was a lot, and that the death would have been pretty painful. So, like I said, this was there was, like, a dirt area with, like, picnic tables and multiple trailheads let off. There were no drag marks, so this was the scene of the crime. Whatever happened, he was struck right here. And when Joe gets, when Papa Joe gets there, he realizes, holy shit, this was a rage-filled kill. This wasn't just someone accidentally lobbed a rock at someone type thing. Like, mm-hmm. This was pretty brutal. He also notices, because there are no drag marks, but there are boot marks around the body. Uh-huh. And he gets a tech, the tech team out there to preserve imprints of this boot. Or like mm-hmm. the reverse imprint of the boot. Mm-hmm. So they take those and they find some blood and they, they're like, okay, we're going to keep this as evidence so that we can test it later. Yeah. They start going and they start talking to people in the parking lot and they realize that there's only one vehicle that nobody is claiming and it is a van. And they run the plates and it comes back to a man named Robert Walton. Mm-hmm. When they get the idea of Robert Walton, he is in fact the gentleman who they have found that is deceased. So Joe Kinda, Papa Joe, starts looking into this man's history, and apparently he's a deacon at a local church. Mm. You know who else was a deacon at a church? BTK. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but this guy was dead, so... Oh, I know, but <laughs> that's just like... It's per- okay. Anytime anybody mentions a deacon in any kind of story, that's instantly who I think of. Right. But being a part of his local church was like a big identity, like part of his identity. Mm -hmm. So they go and interview his wife, who is just like, oh, my God, my husband cannot be dead. And they're like, well, ma'am, not only is your husband dead, but we think he was murdered. And she's like, that's impossible. My husband could not have been murdered. I don't know why I was like channeling Eddie Murphy (laughs) right there, but that's what that felt like. Oh, I got like Southern Belle vibes. I think it was Eddie Murphy doing a Southern Belle. (laughs) I felt about that. So, like, she just found it completely impossible. At this point, Papa Joe has two ideas. This is either, oh, because his, like, wallet was missing. Mm-hmm. So, like, cause that's why they didn't, couldn't ID him right away. So, it was either a robbery. Someone, like, attacked him for his wallet. Or this was a personal attack. Like, somebody attacked him. Gotcha. They start digging more into Robert or Bob's background. And they found out that he was born and raised in Montana. And he'd only been in Colorado for a few years. And that he was extremely religious. In fact, when he moved to Colorado Springs, he joined and became heavily involved with the Faith Alliance Church. Mm. The members of the church spoke really highly of him. They were like, he's just this great guy. He was always there for people. His coworkers said he was the most helpful person on the planet. And people who knew him really well actually called him Dr. Bob because he had the ability to take sick plants and have them like regrow. Oh. Which I was like, I need that friend in my life. Right. (laughs) So he was known as Dr. Bob. And it's just like this story is like everyone loved Dr. Bob. Everyone loved him. 
And he loved being surrounded by people. That was kind of like where his energy was. And it was, he was kind of described as the guy who didn't have a single enemy in the entire world. People who knew him said he was at the park because he was actually looking for greenery to put in their Christmas displays mm-hmm. at the church. But when Papa Joe like looks at the shit on him, he's like, there was no evidence that he was out doing this. There was nothing to collect the things in, no buckets or like baskets or anything. There wasn't cutting shears or gloves. Like there was none of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing to note is that part of being involved with his church, he did marriage counseling uh-huh. through church. I think I've talked about this in my personal life, but faith-based healing is basically like, oh, you're kind of good at something. The church will protect you in giving therapeutic advice to people. You don't have to be qualified. Yeah. So Bob was, this is what he did. He would talk to men and sometimes couples together, but he talked a lot to men who were having trouble with their marriages. Mm. And there was a suspect that came out of this because he was angry with Bob because he didn't think Bob cared about his problems. Gotcha. They don't actually say this gentleman's name because I think like he, I'll just be like upfront and spoil it. He becomes not a suspect. Right. So I think they're like protecting his identity. Yeah. So basically the dude admits that he has a violent past. He said, you know, I had been violent with my wife. You know, I'm trying to, you know, get this under control. He says that he tells Joe, tells Papa Joe like, hey, I'm a sex addict. I know this and I'm unhappy with this and I wanted to get counseling. And that's why, like, I don't think Bob was doing a good job because, like, I told Bob and Bob was just like, oh, okay, no big deal. Mm. And he just felt like he didn't get the results out of the counseling he needed. PSA, don't go to church to get hmm. your therapy because they're not. I would say this. Most church leadership are not psychologically trained to help you correctly. Yes. They're going to point you back to verses in the Bible, which are mis- can be misinterpreted. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Seek professional help. There are professional Christian therapists out there yeah. who are certified and licensed. If you're looking for that kind of faith-based healing, go to that. But make yeah. sure they're certified. That's my PSA. Yeah. So the police are like, oh, okay. Like, we're kind of at square one. We don't have any suspects. So they decide that they're going to release some parts of what happened out to the public. And they do this. And a young couple comes forward and said that they were in that park that day. And they were in the parking lot. And they had seen a young man who, well, not, they'd seen a young, angry looking guy is what they said, who was driving a large vehicle. He was a white male described to be in his mid-30s. He was about 5'10", 170 pounds, and he had curly hair. They worked with a sketch artist, and they came up with this, like, really great rendering of somebody. And they start showing it around, and people are like, hey, that dude's Jesse. Mm. So they bring Jesse in. Come to find out, Jesse hikes that park a lot. He goes on all the trails. It's kind of like his thing. He does. But Jesse also has a temper and anger problem. So they bring him in and he's fucking pissed. Mm. And he's just like, you know, real aggressive and everything like that. And he's like, why the fuck am I here? Like, why? What do you guys want from me? Like, I don't know anything about this. Now, Papa Joe has to kind of ask a weird question at this point, because this particular area, which is called the South Canyon in Palmer Park, is at that time. I don't know if it still is, but at that particular time in the 90s was known for a certain type of sexual activity. Mm-hmm. It was a hot spot for people who it was a hot spot for gay men that would go like meet people and hook up. Mm-hmm. So Joe had to be like, hey, Jesse, are you gay? Yeah. 
And Jesse fucking flew off the handle. He was like, what? I, you can't ask me that. You can't put that in a report. And it's so funny because Papa Joe, like now is just kind of like, uh, I didn't realize there was rules of what I could and could not put in a police report. Right. <laughs> but apparently Jesse <laughs> thinks so. I was like, ooh, Papa Joe, throw shade. Okay. <laughs> but basically they kind of have to let Jesse go because there is no evidence connecting him. Because they're like, did he go to the park to like meet, maybe meet up with Bob? Or to meet someone and Bob was there. Like, we're trying to figure it out. But Jesse kind of just blows up and they, they let him go. Wow. So they're like, could Bob have been there to hook up with guys? Because, again, he didn't have anything that normally you would associate with, like, going out to, like, fine shrubbery mm-hmm. or, like, greenery to put in there. And he would know this because we're going to later find out that he worked at a flower shop. So it's not like he was a novice at this. Right. Like, collecting the, the greenery. Mm-hmm. So Bob's brother, Alan, is in the episode. And he doesn't think that Bob was gay, but he can't be sure because he never asked him. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. During the autopsy, when they started, they find this weird thing. Basically, there's a rolled up washcloth in the front of his pants. Where men store their junk. Oh. Think the other option of a tube sock. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's most men, I, I wouldn't say most men, I don't know, they just kind of, the show kind of made it seem like, oh, this is what men who wanted to seem like they had bigger, basically if they wanted to have a bigger dick, mm-hmm. they would be like, here's my washcloth, but you don't get to know that, because surprise. Yeah. So they go back to his wife and they're like, hey, is Bob gay? And she's like, no, Bob is not gay. I am his wife. I think I would know. But then she's like, well, this one time I was like doing the laundry and I was putting it away. And I found a gay porn magazine in his underwear drawer. And when I confronted Bob about it, he said that somebody was playing an evil joke on him and that we should never talk about it again and that he destroyed that magazine. Hmm. Five bucks is that he did not destroy that magazine. Just saying. Also, tip if you're gonna keep porn that you don't want your spouse to find don't put it in a place that they go to right you know like your underwear drawer where they put your folded laundry exactly also lately bob had uh been staying out in the afternoons instead of coming home from work oh he would leave work they didn't say what time but let's say he would leave work at like five five thirty he might not get home till seven seven thirty interesting And when his wife, when Mrs. Walton was like, where are you? He says, don't ask me what I do with my time. Oh. Yeah, that's not fucking sketch. Like, I realize right now that Bob is a murder victim, but like, can we all agree that's sketchy? Exactly. When they ask Mrs. Walton about the washcloth, she's like, oh, Bob has a faulty urethra. And he sometimes almost wets himself so he keeps the washcloth there in case he has an accident it doesn't look like he wets himself okay which i mean i guess yeah so papa joe being the smart man that he is goes well has he seen a doctor about it and she goes well i don't know i'm like i would think you would know like also i'm sorry if my significant other was having basically urinating problems Mm -hmm. i would be like shouldn't you go to the doctor and get that checked out that could be a problem especially like an older male yeah you know get your prostate checked out yeah (laughs) but bob is found very close to the area that men go to have stranger on stranger like sexual activity Mm -hmm. so they're like this could be connected to that 
they start bringing this is the okay this is the one part where i was mm, real mad about the police involvement in this one mm-hmm. so basically they started putting like detectives and lieutenants out there to like pretend to be men who were like alluring other men in and then mm. when they would get them they would arrest them and then bring them down for questioning instead of just being like hey can we question you right which that kind of pissed me off i was like that feels a little bit like hate crime yeah yeah when that didn't turn up anything they start going to the gay bars in the local area and they're showing off robert's picture or bob's picture and nobody's really coming up with anyone and at this point if i was in the gay community in colorado springs and i was finding that men were being like hauled off to jail for talking i wouldn't fucking talk to these cops yeah no no so then they start looking into bob's past bob had been fired from a flower shop called sunshine florist Mm. And it is spelled S-O-N shine. So like son of Christ Mm -hmm. flower shop, because at the time that he was working there, money went missing from the register. And I have a feeling it was probably like a larger amount because I don't really think you get, I don't really think people care that. I mean, I'm sure they care, but I'm pretty sure it's like 20 bucks. They're not going to be like, you fire. They're going to be like, pay that shit back. Especially if they're Christians. Yeah. Nobody knows if Bob was involved with the stealing of the money. All they know is that he was fired around that time. We do know that the day of his murder, Bob went into Sunshine Florist to place order for greenery. Oh. So, you know, the one that he was going out (laughs) to look for. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, no, he was here. And so they're like, okay, what about this robbery? Was it ever solved? They're like, no, but there was one other person that they thought might be involved. And his name was Bryce Miller. Bryce, when they look into Bryce Miller's past, before they go talk to him, he has history of violence, domestic abuse type shit. And then he also, where he worked, he drove a big vehicle, like a truck. And remember, the couple had seen an angry man storm off. Mm. So they go to Bryce Miller's house and they like knock on the door and they look over and like sitting on like a chair or the porch are a pair of boots. And Papa Joe is like, those kind of look like the boots, the treads of these boots from the boot prints that we got. And so they're like, oh, we're going to have to take those in evidence. So they start questioning. (laughs) They start questioning Bryce. And at first, Bryce is like, who the fuck is Bob? I don't know a Bob. I don't know a Robert Walton. And they're like, oh, yeah, but you worked at this place with him. And he's like, that doesn't mean I know him. It's a small family owned flower shop. There's like, Mm. 10 employees <laughs> yeah it's not like the walmart distribution center or something <laughs> right you're like you could be like i've never worked the same shift as that person and then he goes oh i guess yeah i kind of knew him but i didn't really know him and so they're like okay okay you're obviously hiding something and they were like okay you're coming down the, you're coming down the station with us eventually he confirms that he knows bob and that they work together so it's like cool story we already knew that and he also admits that he's having troubles with his ex-wife because she's trying to take his kid away from his daughter away from him so they're like bryce is hiding something because nobody who's just gonna be like i didn't know him there's a shit there's always a fucking shady reason Mm -hmm. right but what was he hiding also bryce ends up confirming because they're like where were you that day he has to basically confirm that he was at that park that day and papa joe is like you did this and there's just no evidence. So they're trying to figure out motive because they're like, if I can get motive, then maybe I can get him to crack. So they're like, did you steal the money? What is it? And he's like, nope, 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 nope. I didn't steal the money. Nothing. And because they have no evidence, they need a confession because they're like, this dude did it. There's no fucking way this dude didn't do it. 
acting hella weird. He's being hella squirrely. So Joe Kinda, Papa Joe, thinks, well, he's told us he's having problems with his wife because she's trying to take the kid away from him. And this is ammo both for her and for me. So he basically says, look, I'm a year and a half into this investigation. I got to figure out what the fuck happened to Bob. Now, if you met up with Bob, let's say you met up with Bob in the park just to chalk because of your marriage, because that's what Bob did. He counseled people. And then like maybe something happened and you didn't mean to do it. And like it was an accident. Your temper got ahead of you. He's like, that's called second degree murder. And second degree murder, you're out and like, you'll basically be out by the time your daughter's going to go get married. Oh, wow. If not, I'm going to fucking find a way to blame this on you. And I'm going to make sure that you don't get out for your daughter's wedding. Like you're never going to get out. Bryce just kind of like breaks and he's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean it. He just keeps repeating. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And basically what Bryce says is that he went to the park that day to kind of like clear his head and he mm-hmm. randomly ran into Bob. And since they knew each other, he obviously stopped to check. It's like, that's polite. And he says that Bob started kind of like coming on to him and he was just a little bit like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, Bob. This is where it gets like rocky. (laughs) No pun intended. Sorry, Mm -hmm. that was bad. (laughs) Sorry, that's terrible. This is where it gets bad. Or the story gets a little like, I don't know, inconsistent. That's what I'm looking for. The story gets inconsistent. Bryce Mm -hmm. at first is like, he just kind of was like coming on to me. And then I got upset. And then the story was that he came at me and sexually assault, like to sexually assault me. Mm. And that Bob had knocked him down. And then Bob had fallen on top of him. And he thought he was going to be raped. So he picked up, he doesn't even know if it was a rock or a stick. And he just picked it up and started hitting Bob until Bob got off of him. And then he just gets the fuck up and runs away. Gotcha. And then he's like, I don't even know if he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead the amount of time I hit him. But like, I wasn't even sure. I just got the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of make sense. The couple would have seen him in the parking lot being upset and angry. Mm-hmm. So basically, he pleads guilty to secondary manslaughter and he was going to get out in 40. Now, I fucking scrolled the fucking internet to find where he is and I cannot find if he's still incarcerated or he's been paroled. Gotcha. So Bryce did go away for this. But yeah, it was like a it was like a weird thing. Yeah, for sure. This story just kept going like you were just never. I was like, oh, okay, Jesse's the guy. Okay, No, not Jesse. Oh, no, there's no, not Jesse. <laughs> so, yeah. So that wraps up the story of or the episode recap of Everybody Lies from Homicide Hunter. And the next time I do a stabby snippet, it will be another fun one from Colorado Springs. So we will see you here on Monday for our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.